0: Jonathan Armstrong from Caudry, jonathan.armstrong at com. And joining me this week is Eric Sinrod from Dwayne Morris out in San Francisco. Now, Eric, uh, about 100 podcasts ago, episode 143, we talked about Hillary Clinton's emails. I remember it well because I did the podcast from rock in Cornwall with the sound (laughs) of seagulls in the background. So already you're taking me back to a happy place. (laughs) uh, Am I going to stay in the happy place when you've told us more about governmental use of emails?
1: Uh, Let's find out. So this is Eric Sinrod, EJ Sinrod at DwayneMorris.com. This is your weekly Tech Law 10. And yes, Jonathan, long before votes were cast for the 2016 presidential election, um, we were talking about, I think you're right, in podcast 143, almost 100 ago, because this is 237, how Hillary Clinton's government-related emails that were sent and received on private servers could become an ultimate thorn in her political side. Um, Well, let's see what happens. Government records must be maintained as government records so, among other reasons, they can be open and available to public review, and that's what we talked about. Indeed, laws like um, our Freedom of Information Act maintain that to have a vital and truly functioning democracy, those who govern must be accountable to the governed. Um, Accordingly, the workings of government must be transparent pursuant to our sunshine laws. And we say sunshine is the best disinfectant when it comes to government affairs. And when the workings of government are kept private, then it becomes less possible for citizens to know, as they are entitled to know, what the government is up to, as has has been held by our United States Supreme Court. And in the wake of revelations that some of Hillary Clinton's emails pertaining to her work as Secretary of State were sent and received on her private email servers and not through official governmental channels, there was a tremendous outcry by her opponents. Uh, They seized on this email controversy, and at some rallies there were chants of lock her up, lock her up. In response, candidate Clinton ultimately apologized. She turned over tens of thousands of emails from her private servers, and she also said, that her practice actually was a practice that had been utilized by others who had preceded her, so she was not unique in using private email servers for governmental emails. Um, now, let's reflect for a moment. You know, no presidential candidate is perfect, and candidate Clinton's supporters argued that the email controversy was a tempest in a teapot, that Ms. Clinton performed very well as Secretary of State and as United States Senator, and that she certainly deserved to be elected President. They also argue that this particular controversy paled uh, in comparison to the many suggested scandals surrounding um, other candidates and actually her opposing presidential candidate. But I recall predicting myself that, you know, even though I will confess that I was a Hillary – I'm not a confession, it's a fact. I was a Hillary Clinton supporter, that this email controversy really could be her Achilles heel. And ultimately, her opposing candidate, Donald Trump, became president, and Ms. Clinton did not. Uh, Even though she had won the popular vote, uh, he nevertheless earned the requisite number of electoral college votes. And this isn't totally a history lesson, because in a moment I'm going to get to what's happening presently. Um, As we know, Ms. Clinton was not locked up in the wake of her email uh, problem, but recent reports have surfaced Um, that President Trump Trump, uh, has wanted to have her prosecuted after he was elected, but reports state that others in the administration prevailed such that prosecution efforts were not initiated. So this is not the end of the story. That's more the history lesson going back in time. But it turns out now, Jonathan, perhaps you've heard about this over there, that recent reports have uncovered that Ivanka Trump, the daughter of the president, sent and received governmental-related emails while working in the White House and, drumroll please, while using a personal email account. Indeed, according to the Washington Post, quote, Ivanka, Ivanka Trump sent hundreds of emails last year to White House aides, cabinet officials, and her assistants using a personal account, many of them in violation of federal record rules, according to people familiar with a White House examination of her records, close quote. Continuing from the same article, quote, some were startled by the volume of Ivanka Trump's personal emails and taken aback by her response when questioned about the practice. She said she was not familiar with some of the details of the rules, according to people with knowledge of her reaction, close quote. Okay, first of all, ignorance of the law is not an excuse, Plus, it is hard to imagine ignorance given the level of condemnation of Ms. Clinton's email practices by Ivanka Trump's father. Uh, When interviewed, uh, Ms. Trump, Ivanka Trump sought to excuse her email practice by stating stating that she had not deleted any of the subject emails while Ms. Clinton had deleted some of her emails. Um, Yes, to the extent that some emails pretend, you know, if, if to the extent that Ms. Clinton did uh, delete some of her governmental emails. That is not good, Jonathan. But it still does not explain away what now seems to be the fact that, like Hillary Clinton, Ivanka Trump utilized private emails to conduct government business. And this is rather beyond ironic given the uh, earlier locker-up chance uh, from Ms. Trump's father's supporters. So what's the bottom line of this particular diatribe <laughs> that I have? I'm not trying to side with one side or the other here. The point is to underline, underscore, and highlight that government records must be treated as government records across both sides of the aisle. And frankly, political dialogue should become more civil and less acrimonious, Jonathan, especially when politicians really are living in glass political houses. Uh, Government affairs should be transparent and condemning one side for practices that occur by both sides ultimately has a ricochet effect. And then finally, one obvious point, and then I'll turn it over to you for your thoughts, and sorry I've been a little bit long-winded here. Um, Politicians are entitled to use personal email servers uh, to communicate about private matters. You know, they are entitled to private lives. Um, What we're really talking about here is what happens when governmental officials are dealing with governmental affairs and business but keeping them outside of government records through personal email accounts. Okay, that was quite a bit. Your turn.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, the the first thing to say is that I guess when we're recording this podcast, we're about two hours away from hearing whether Theresa May's administration (laughs) Mm -hmm. will disappear in a puff of smoke uh, uh, this evening. So I yearn for the stability of American politics at the moment. But huh. um, but, but that aside, I mean, I think I think it's uh, we've definitely had the same issues here as well with um, with politicians, some of whom uh, have returned to the current government using their private emails uh, for government business or business. That's sort of connected to their government roles, and it is an edifying, as you say. There are FOI laws on both sides of the Atlantic, which are meant to make emails uh, accountable as any other form of correspondence, and avoiding the uh, I- issue is not permissible. Uh, in passing, I just mention that. If a request is made for the data under uh, GDPR or the UK Data Protection Act and personal data is destroyed to avoid that request, mm. that is also now, since May, a criminal offence in the UK, and both corporations and individuals can be prosecuted for that. So you need to have good housekeeping in politics and in corporations, if you, if you permit executives, particularly those at a senior level, to use private email addresses, then you're going to have to be extremely cautious when uh, looking at things like uh, deletion because of the uh, criminalization and, and, and what's called the consent and connivance provisions if you uh, allow that to happen or if you're management and you allow that to happen. I mean, that's a of course. There are other issues that corporations see with, with Gmail uh, and other cloud services, uh, 0365 and things like that uh, as well. And the security issues there are, you know, well-known and, uh, and well-rehearsed. And, and, of course, they relate to both the possibility of the cloud email being hacked but also the fact that if you're using, and I'm not going to be too technical, you're using a a, a heuristic system to work out patterns of behavior, it's easier to bypass the system when you've permitted executives to forward uh, emails to personal accounts or or, or to transact that way. So there are notes of caution, I think, both in politics and in the corporate world from these two cases and I agree that um, my old law professor used to shout at us uh, as as you did in a much gentle way you know ignorance of the law is no defense he would add except to negate men's rea which is of course a very technical Mm -hmm. bit of UK law but but, but you're right you would have thought we would say once bitten twice shy here you would have thought that uh, any incoming political figure would be all the more encouraged to read the rules because of what happened, as you rightly predicted, in, in 2016.
1: Yes, so history repeats itself. So thank you for your additional points. I think we've gone past our 10. So at this point, all that remains to say is thank you for joining us. Uh, keep supplying us with ideas for future podcasts. Uh, you can find us on the usual social media outlets this is eric sinrad at com. jonathan
0: yeah as you say history repeats itself or uh, i think it was it yorgi Berra who said it's like deja vu all over again
1: um, that's true but
0: <laughs> certainly uh, as we would say in europe uh, uh televisual home shows um and yeah you're right um we've enjoyed speaking to you on this or other topics you can connect with us on linkedin or via our emails, com. We look forward to speaking to you again in a week or
1: so. Thanks for listening. Cheers.